Good morning, and welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. Thank you for joining us today, uh, whether you are on site or online. So let's take a moment to greet one another. Um, hopefully you've uh, gotten to know more faces after last week's retreat. So uh, feel free to turn around, uh, wave, uh, give each other a smile. Uh, and, or if you're online, you can type a greeting in the chat. Okay, so as we enter into this sacred time, please rise in body or in spirit and join me in the call to worship. Come in, come in and sit down. You are a part of the family. We are lost and we are found, and we are part of the family. We know, God, that we who have gathered here are part of the family, but we also know that the family is much bigger still. There are people we don't understand. There are people we disagree with. There are people we don't like. There are people who don't like us. Challenge us, God, to expand our vision of family until, until we see all of creation as one big family. Amen. Let's remain standing and join our hearts and voices in a time of praise and worship. Oh, how far beneath your glory 
Please be seated. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the church retreat last weekend, for calling us into the company of those who trust in Christ and seek to obey his will. You have made us strangers no longer but pilgrims together on the way to your kingdom. So in our hearts, true love for you and for one another and root deeply within us friendship and unity so, so we may give peace to each other sincerely and receive it beautifully. We join millions around the world this month who celebrate love in a variety of, of expressions. However, it's also a reminder of the brokenness many have experienced in our blood-related families and in church communities. Help us to follow Jesus' example of inclusiveness when he defined family as those who do God's will. And your command is for us to love one another as we have been loved by you and those who have loved us well. God, sometimes the world and our lives can feel out of control, such as the train derailment in India, political unrest in Kosovo, fighting in Sudan and Ukraine, fires in Canada, and closer to home, worries about finances, employment, health, and caregiving responsibilities. Our homes cluttered with material goods, yet wanting more. Our attention enslaved by craving for entertainment at the expense of purposeful living. Lord, have mercy. Heal our world, heal our city, heal our churches, heal our families, and heal us. You are both promise and uncertainty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I hope nobody turned up last Sunday on site when we were in Batam for, Batam for our church retreat. I think uh, I can say on behalf of everyone, we had a good time with more than 100 people attending, the most we have ever had in a church retreat. There was a lot of sharing, praying, eating, yes, worshipping, fellowshipping. We were blessed by Maria and Sui Hong's wisdom. And I only wish that we could have everyone there to experience it together. I want to give a huge shout out to a few people because, um, in gratitude, because they really did a lot. Um, so Daniel, I think Daniel is uh, in, in the office. Daniel, who did all the coordination with the hotel and with every single person for registration and payment and everything and all the little things, uh, requirements that they had, uh, he really did all the heavy lifting. To Raymond, who is the one who helped out the logistics and the photography, and we have a video coming up, you know, of, the, of a slideshow video for, um, to summarize what we experienced there. Um, to Pauline, who wrapped up the, the retreat. To the worship team, who led the whole retreat in our powerful worship sessions. And Gary, who was uh, bringing them along. And at the opening session, when we were singing the last song, I was very moved. Um, those who were there will know I was in awe and tears and everything. Because the congregation wanted to keep on worshipping. And they continued singing even when the lyrics went off the screen. You know, they stopped projecting the lyrics. And they just kept on singing when Gary was playing the closing um, bars of the, of the song. And they just went on and on. That was the spirit moving amongst us. So we were very, very blessed. And during this retreat, I have been blessed with new ideas and new perspectives. And it was a good segue from what we have been doing in the past five months and the parsimon arts and to where we are moving towards, um, not just for the rest of the year, but for years to come. So this Sunday, we kick off our series wholeheartedly. And I would like to thank many people, and in particular Daryl, who was my roommate for the retreat, for his insights and, and, um, that he shared with me during the long late night conversations that we had um, during the retreat, and I'm happily building on. And for those of you who are new to us, uh, whether here in, uh, on site or online, we have been using Menti, uh, an app, right? Um, since the COVID lockdown, and it has helped us make the sermon more interactive and engaging. So instead of just sitting back and listening, you get to be involved and weave your voice into the sermon. And it's not just bells and whistles and entertainment, but it, is, it has become integral to the unfolding of the sermon here at FCC. Many visitors from overseas uh, who have dropped by have told me that it is something that struck them as something innovative, unique and powerful. So to participate, you can just scan the, um, uh, the QR code up there or you can go and uh, open your browser um, on your phone and go to fcc.li slash menti, M-E-N-T-I uh, and throughout the sermon, you know, you have some of the slides there but also I'll be asking questions and you can answer your answers um, in, in there. Right. I want to invite you to try it out, especially those of you who are new to us, because this allows you to participate and have your voice part of the sermon as well. So will you pray with me? God, my rock and redeemer, may the words from my mouth 
and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. So, we embark in this new sermon series wholeheartedly with the sermon, Where We Start. Those of you who were at the church retreat will notice or realise that the worship set just now that I picked is the same set that we had for the closing worship last Sunday. The background for these slides, um, for this sermon series, is also the same one taken from the backdrop that we had at the retreat. And shout out to Gary who designed it. I chose to echo these things, echo the past, because while we are doing something new, there are also continuations from the past. Like the first episode of the fifth season of a TV series, this is the first sermon of the fifth sermon arc for 2023. So, at the beginning of the year, Pauline laid out the vision for 2023. Do you remember what it is? Walking each other as community towards growth and wholeness in Christ. Quite a mouthful. But when you break out in the chunks, each of them have a certain meaning. Walking each other as community towards growth and wholeness in Christ. And this is a good juncture to take stock and reflect where we are at now. Not yet the halfway mark of the year, but close enough. I would like to invite you to think about the five, past five months, right? And my question is, what specific thing have you noticed about yourself or some changes or some growth, you know, some area they've grown in, in the past five months that you know is coming out of what you have learned here at FCC that reflects exactly the vision we set in the beginning of the year? How we walk each other towards, uh, as community towards wholeness and growth in Christ, right? that you are happier, great, maybe more specific. Taking a risk to rewrite previous unhealthy interaction patterns. Yes! Right? Um, yes, inclusivity, including people. What specific things have you seen in yourself? Changes, growth, what areas? What have you done differently you know, than the past? Right? Notice God's love in daily life. Loving compassion, knowing we are all equal. We prayed for each other at the retreat. Bigger heart for the community and getting more involved. Community needs commitment and being present and, and probably you have started to become more present and more committed to community, right? Love of God, trying to grow spiritually, reading Bible and stuff. Yes, great. Better time management, um, more so, I'm not, I'm not so sure, giving the 48 hours of the retreat, learning to let go and let God and trust, great. Uh, more trust in what God is doing, though I don't know what that is, yes. You know, the uncertainty is there, but at the same time, we have faith. Appreci appreciative and grateful of what has, God has blessed me with, yes. Seeing different perspectives and situations and in people and to walk in their shoes, very good things that you have learned and, in the, you know, and changed because of being here, of what we are trying to do, walking each other as community. 
learning to move at God's pace, breaking out of the hurried lifestyle. Yes, learning to forgive myself. And that's probably a very, um, it's a journey, right? Um, it's not a, 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 one, a one-off thing, but it's a continuous journey of accepting ourselves and forgiving ourselves. Right? Being more conscious about my Christian duty to uphold social justice. Yes, social justice is justice. Right? Judging less and appreciating more. Thank you. Thank you for reflecting. Right? I hope that as we continue this year and continue on walking each other, we will continue at new things that we grow and change in and nurture this growth and transformation that's happening. Right? I am grateful we are walking each other as community. This sermon series is titled Wholeheartedly, which is based on Bernie Brown's work in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. Um, several years ago, Pauline worked, did a series of workshops titled Wholeheartedly to work through our stuff based on that book. And this time around, we, are, we, are, we have grown and we have learned a bit more, and this is the sermon series that we are developing from there. And also based on her new book, The Atlas of the Heart. Right? Now, here is what is at the core of wholeheartedness. Worthy now. Not if, not when, we are worthy of love and belonging now. Right this minute, as is. This is encapsulate wholeheartedly. Now, some people might go, yeah, thanks for this, but we're really here for Christian teachings, not pop psychology and self-help. But Bernie Brown's work is actually very Christian, if you don't realise. Even the word she coined, wholehearted, comes from the Book of Common Prayer. She shared it in an interview, that it is actually from this prayer. We confess that we have sinned in thought, word and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart, we have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. And she reflected on that and she says, we need to live wholeheartedly, love with our whole heart, love God with our whole heart, love our neighbours with our whole heart. And so this is the, the work that we are embarking on. And when we look at Jesus' interaction with everyone in the Bible, He saw each and every single person as worthy of love and belonging. Worthy now, not if, not when. We are all worthy of love and belonging. Yes, Jesus saw even the religious elites, even the hypocrites, as worthy of love and belonging. Because their worthiness is not connected to what they do or didn't do. They are still God's beloved as well. But that doesn't mean... You know, being worthy of love and belonging doesn't mean that they are not held accountable and we are not held accountable for our actions and behaviours. Jesus still held them accountable for their behaviours. Jesus addressed their hypocrisy and called them out. And at the same time, without seeing them as less worthy. Now, this, how we are going to start today, I'm going to do something a little different. I want to read something to you that resonated with me a long time ago. This book is one that I like a lot. And this is a gift from Randy from 1999. Right? Some of you may wonder, why is Miak reading from a children's book? I think that this book 
is a parable. And I want to, to invite you to listen with open ears, open minds, and open hearts and hear what God is speaking to you through this story. Right? This book is uh, The Missing Piece Meets the Big O by Shel Silverstein. The missing piece sat alone. Okay, I'll wait for... It's, it's rather small, so I'm waiting for the screen to come on. Ah, yeah. The missing piece sat alone. Waiting for someone to come along and take it somewhere. Some fit, but could not roll. Others could roll, but did not fit. One didn't know anything about fitting. Another didn't know uh, one thing about anything. One was too delicate. Pop. One put it on a pedestal and left it there. Some had too many pieces missing. Some have too many pieces, period. It learned to hide from the hungry ones. More came. Some looked too closely. Others rode right by without noticing. It tried to make itself more attractive. It didn't help. It tried to be flashy. Flashy. But that just frightened the shy ones. At last, one came along that fit just right. Whee! But all of a sudden, the missing piece began to grow and grow. I didn't know you were going to grow. I didn't know it either, said the missing piece. Bye. I'm looking for my missing piece that won't increase. Sigh. Then, one day, one came along that looked different. What do you want of me? said the missing piece. Nothing. What do you need from me? Nothing. Who are you? asked the missing piece. I am the big O, said the big O. I think you're the one I've been waiting for, said the missing piece. Maybe I'm your missing piece. But I'm not missing a piece, said the big O. There's no place you would fit. That is too bad. I was hoping that perhaps I could roll with you, said the missing piece. You cannot roll with me, said the big O. But perhaps you can roll by yourself. By myself? A missing piece cannot roll by itself. Have you ever tried? asked the big O. 
But I have sharp corners, said the missing piece. I'm not shaped for rolling. Corners wear off, said the big O. And shapes change. Anyhow, I must say goodbye. Perhaps we'll meet again. And away it rolled. The missing piece was alone again. And for a long time, it just sat there. Then, slowly, it lifted itself up on one end and flopped over. Plop. Then, lift, pull, flop. It began to move forward. And soon, its edges began to wear off. Lift, pull, flop. Lift, pull, flop. Lift, pull, flop. And its shape began to change. And then it was bumping instead of flopping. And then it was bouncing instead of bump, bumping. And then it was rolling instead of bouncing. And it didn't know where and it didn't care. It was rolling. It was rolling. It was rolling. I want to ask you, what struck you about this story? The interesting thing about stories is that it invites us to interpret the story, to put ourselves into the story. For some of you, you might identify with this one. Made itself, tried to make itself more attractive. Some tried to be flashy. And some have different areas of their lives. Perhaps some of you are hiding from the hungry ones. Big O notation, Venn diagram symmetry. Very literal. It's beautiful. Edges wear off. The piece did not need anyone else. You don't have to be depend on another to make yourself whole. The missing, when the missing piece went, wee, the missing piece grew. Willingness to change and grow. The missing piece always had it in them to be whole. That's great insight. Turn yourself into a whole ball, yes. Trying hard to fit in society, yes. Needing someone or something to make you whole, and that may not necessarily be a good idea. Some didn't know anything about anything, just like me. And our journey is to move from there to growth, right? And that's why we do it in community. Don't give up, keep trying. Hard work will pay off. To have faith and patience. It's a metaphorical story about people and their relationships with each other, yes. Keep trying and you eventually get there. 
We are all pieces and we are all whole. Yes. Others don't define how we fit. We decide our own fit. The big O seeing the missing piece at being okay as is. And that change and growth happens when we do the work. Yeah, you just summarized my sermon. Thank you very much. <laughs> if you call yourself a missing piece, you are, being, you are not being fair to yourself. Absolutely. Amen. To tell someone a story can be an act of love. I hope that that was an act of love telling you this story. Change is initially difficult, but it gets easier over time. To change and become whole, we need to change our identity from the missing piece, probably from uh, the missing piece to the little O, right? It's sad that when the missing piece started to grow and the other one did not grow together. Ah, good thing to notice. It will take time with lots of effort, but we'll move forward, right? Conforming versus being true to yourself. And if we're not true to ourselves, then people like us for what we are pretending to be and not who we truly are. Well, for myself, my younger self, back in 1999, loved this book because I saw myself in this book as how I sought out romantic relationships to complete myself, right? But 24, more than 24 years later, really, I read this story with another perspective. I have heard this quote from Pascal. Yes, it's the same Pascal, you know, the mathematician. Um, he, he was also a theologian. Um, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each human which cannot be satisfied by any created thing but only by God the Creator made known to through Jesus Christ. It's a good idea, um, but I think that it needs to be adapted with some insights that we have today, right? Because the problem with the idea of filling up this vacuum, this God-shaped vacuum, is that we don't need to change. We just need to fill up with something. And in doing so, we have made God into a thing, an idol to fill that whole and idle to meet our needs. But God isn't like that. Right? Because if we see God filling us up, completing us, then no part of God permeates into us. I prefer to see God as the very essence of something that permeates us, spreads through every part of us not just filling up the hole or the gap or com complete us, but we soak in God like a sponge soaking in water. So I don't see God as filling up this vacuum so much that way, but I see God restoring me to wholeness, just like in the story. Just like the invitation to roll, right, at the end. I see Jesus as the big O. The big O who leads the missing piece to growth. Through all the lift, pull, flops, to wear out the edges and change the missing piece's shape. So the missing piece becomes more and more in the likeness of the big O. Isn't that the story of our faith journey? Jesus encounter people where they are. But he doesn't, he accepts them and loves them where they are 
But that's not the end of the story. He invites them then on a journey of growth and transformation. A journey that's often difficult, challenging. The journey that definitely requires each person to participate in the process to roll by themselves. The idea that somehow, you know, God, we just wait there and God completes us and then we can start rolling, paints a very passive picture. Our faith requires us to lift, pull, flop. Lift, pull, flop. And change in the, pro, in the process. There's one particular encounter that Jesus had in the Bible that means a lot to me. And that encounter is where I started. Right? Some of you know this story, some of you don't, but I'll tell you this story. In July 2005, I started the support group for gay men who wanted to find out more about what the Bible says about homosexuality. I named the group Living Water in honour of the warm and honest encounter between Jesus and the Samaritan woman in the fourth chapter of the Gospel according to John. Truth be told, I saw myself as a Samaritan woman. My encounter with Christ paralleled this encounter because it was my encounter was one that I felt embraced by Christ as worthy, as beloved, even though I fell far short of being deserving of love and belonging in my own head. Right? I thought I wasn't worthy of love and belonging. I kept away from church for a very long time. There was a lot of shame. There was a lot of feelings of unworthiness, just like the Samaritan woman. She kept away. She went to the well when nobody else would go because it was right in noon, the hottest time of the day, because no one else goes there to collect water, so she wouldn't bump into anyone. But Jesus, in that encounter, spoke truth to her in love. He named her situation without judging her. You have had five husbands and the man you're with is not your husband. He named it. Didn't judge her though. And in, in that space, she felt safe enough to ask Jesus questions. And this is the longest conversation that Jesus had with any single person in the Bible. Jesus didn't dismiss her. Jesus didn't dismiss her because of her gender. He didn't dismiss her because of that she was Samaritan. He treated her as a worthy person. And she felt seen by him because he treated her with dignity. And that was my journey too. Because when I felt my calling, and I remember thinking to myself, um, this is what was happening, right? Every Friday we have living water, and I was printing out notes for the evening, you know, and I'm waiting for the pages to print and then uh, and, and you know stapler them all together. I was thinking to myself, wow, you know, I've been doing this for a while, and I see the impact that I have, spending three hours a week doing this. Then a thought creeped in. What if I dedicated my life to this? That thought just, you know, came up. And I went, no, 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 no,
right? I am the one with a string of relationships like the Samaritan woman, and I'm certainly not what anyone would consider pastor material. When I told Clarence that, he laughed at my face, right? And then later, he, and immediately after laughing, he said, I'm sorry um, that I laughed, but this is so ridiculous, it cannot but come from God, <laughs> right? And in my mind, like, no, 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 I, no don't, don't send me, you're crazy, you know. Send Gary, send Jean, not me. But God kept speaking. In the next couple of months, the story of this encounter from John chapter 4 kept cropping up. Our guest preachers preached it from the pulpit. It was done as a Bible study. And then I decided to speak with Reverend Yah. And then he said, that sounds like a call and you need to go into discernment. You see, I saw myself as the missing piece. I lacked everything. But I didn't see myself as how Jesus saw me. But perhaps you can roll by yourself. By myself? How can I roll by myself? A missing piece cannot roll by itself. Have you ever tried? Asked the big O. And I started thinking, well, I've been doing this living water thing for three years or coming to three years. You know, I mean, I got my feet, feet a little bit wet. And the idea started. I think Jesus saw that I was deserving of love and belonging. I was beloved. I was worthy. And my journey since then till now has been live, pull, flop, Lift, pull, flop. And my ages wore off. Some of you know who the person that I was back then with the sharp ages. Not to say that I don't have sharp ages now, but much less. I grew and I learned. And I grow towards that wholeness, becoming more and more in the likeness of Christ just like the missing piece became more and more like the big O. And I want to invite you to think, what about you? Now, I want to ask, and this is a yes-no question, have you been taught that you were unworthy in church? Yes-no question. Have you been taught that you were unworthy. And I'm not just talking about this church, huh? I'm talking about church in general. So it's a two is the one about there. For many of us who are LGBTQ, the answer will be yes. And we are wounded and hurt and harmed because we are told that we are unworthy. And not only that, not just unworthy, uh, some of us have been called abominations. And the word abomination actually means that you are despised, that God hates you, right? That's not just unworthy, that's a lot down the spectrum from unworthy. And there's 
then there is little wonder why so many of us LGBTQ folks arrive here at FCC wounded. Okay, it's about 25, 13. Earlier this year, in February, in my sermon, Walking Together About Resilience, I spoke about how we are influenced by Calvinism and how we see others and how we see ourselves, all influenced by that. And one key doctrine that I brought up of Calvinism is total depravity. Calvinism teaches that human beings are totally depraved, right? Meaning that every single aspect of their being is corrupted by sin and unable to please God on their own. And this emphasizes the need for God's grace and salvation. I do believe that we need God's grace and salvation. But I disagree that every aspect of our being is corrupted and unable to please God on its own. We need grace, but we are not totally depraved. Yet, even here at FCC, we have been influenced by church tradition. Sometimes our teachings are not explicit. They are not direct, right? While I, I said, you know, have you been taught that you are unworthy in church? Well, I don't think that we will, we will teach that in our Bible study or from the pulpit, but there are ways that we are actually influenced that I myself didn't realize. I will point out one. We have used this line, this verse from the Bible as part of our communal liturgy. We say, Lord, I am not worthy, but only say the word and I shall be healed. Isn't that teaching that you that you're unworthy? Making you read the liturgy and I just went, I'm, I'm suddenly going back there and change and I did this, this verse and our liturgy so that it's updated. Because it's not helpful to, call, to say, I'm not worthy, but only say the word, I should be healed. Well, yes, it can be humility. But for people coming from a space of brokenness and being told they're unworthy for a very, very long time, it's actually not helpful. One of my favourite hymns, Amazing Grace, the line goes, you know, Lord, save a wretch like me. That's how we see ourselves. Just like the missing piece keep saying, I'm the missing piece, I got sharp edges. But is that the way Jesus sees us? And that's what I'm going to draw your attention to. Let's examine the passage from where it was drawn from, Matthew chapter 8. When he, Jesus, entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, appealing to him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, in terrible distress. And he, Jesus, said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion answered, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. Do you notice something? What do you realize after just these few verses? I'll flip back to the... Yeah, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible distress. And Jesus said to me, I'll come and cure him. The centurion answered, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. 
what do you notice? What do you realize? It was the centurion who thought that he was unworthy. Jesus thought otherwise. He called himself, the centurion, unworthy, but Jesus did not. Jesus wanted to go already. Jesus said, I will come and cure him. Yeah. It is good. It is, this passage is to highlight that the centurion has faith. But we have often read it in a different way to tell ourselves, we are unworthy, we are unworthy. But Jesus and it's important to keep remembering, Jesus saw the centurion's servant as worthy for Jesus to go and cure him. No conditions. Even, it's not just the centurion. Uh, this, the centurion is actually not servant, it's a slave. Uh. Our translations try to co- you know, cover up a lot of things. God doesn't see us as unworthy. It is us, taught by society, taught by church tradition, that we are unworthy. I believe that God sees us very differently from how we see ourselves, right? It is important to see that. How many of us still see ourselves as unworthy? I believe God sees us as how Jesus told in the parable of the prodigal, how the parent sees the child. And all throughout the parable, the parent demonstrating nothing but love and acceptance towards the the returning prodigal. What did the prodigal say to the parent when the parent ran out and put their arms around the child? The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But what did the parents say? Quickly, bring out the robe, the best one, and put it on him. And put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the feathered calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. It was the son, the child who saw themselves as unworthy. But the parent had nothing of it. Just to leave, kind of ignore the entire declaration, but say, bring out a robe, restore his status, give him the ring which signify his status as the sun, and put sandals on his feet. The parent had always saw the child as worthy. It is important that we know where we start. We are not wretched, undeserving, 
unworthy, and certainly not abominations. That may be what we have been taught. That may be how we feel about ourselves. But that's not how God sees us. So here at FCC, one way we walk each other as community towards growth and wholeness in Christ is to see ourselves and each other as how God sees us. Beloved, worthy. Seeing ourselves as worthy of love and belonging is important. During the church retreat, I had a long talk with Daryl and he had a very good analogy and I want to share that with you. When we see ourselves as unworthy, we are like a cup that's empty or maybe half full or maybe a little bit of stuff in there. So we go around trying to find ways to fill ourselves up. Some of us may seek to fill the cup up with our achievements. Some of us may seek it through being liked by other people. Some of us may seek it through success and fame. And others may seek it through being right about everything. Right? That was me. I want to be right about everything and anything. And some of us may seek it through recognition from other people. Remember the quote from Pascal? There's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each human that cannot be satisfied by any created thing. When we go around looking for other things to fill the cup up, we're getting it, we are filling it with the wrong stuff. And as we fill up the cup with all these things, success, fame, recognition, um, or it's like you know, being liked by other people, being popular, or material things. These things do not satisfy. It's just like drinking salt water when we are thirsty. And we just want more of what, that, what doesn't satisfy us, hoping that more of the wrong thing will make us full. I've heard people, oh, I'll, just, I'll be happy when I make a million dollars. And when they get a million dollars, somehow there's no fulfillment. They are not satisfied. Oh, maybe two billion will make me happy. Three, four, five. It's drinking salt water when you're thirsty. In the past, for myself, I thought that recognition, being right, being smarter than other people will make me worthy somehow. And when I didn't get recognition, or when I was shown that I was wrong or mistaken, I would react very negatively. I'll get affected too. And that wasn't healthy. I've encountered people who have made their worthiness based on their careers, their talents, their work, and when they receive negative feedback about their work, or when they get criticised, even with constructive criticism, they react very badly. And that was me as well. I have grown a little bit that now I'm able to hear constructive criticism in a much better space. Because I'm no longer having an empty cup. I know my worthiness and my cup is full. Yet, even now, I'm still a work in progress. 
I have to pay attention to what happens inside me. There are days that the cup isn't really full. When I feel unworthy, there are times I react badly to criticism. And even when they're offered with the best of intentions, and even when they're offered in love, they're bad days, right? The journey is to always return to this space of knowing our worthiness in God. So what we have been trying to do here at FCC is help everyone realise they're equal, equally beloved by God, equally worthy of belonging and love. Worthy now, not if, not when. We are worthy of love and belonging right now, right this minute, as is. Just as how God sees us. And this is especially for LGBTQ folks who have to bear the wounds. And often these wounds drive us to unhelpful ways to cope and to try filling ourselves up with wrong things. We want to fill ourselves up with the right thing. We want to be wholehearted people. People not afraid of being vulnerable. People unafraid of making mistakes because we know that those mistakes and doesn't change how God sees us. Just like the prodigal, God doesn't see us any less than. Even in the shadows, even when we lose our way, like the worship song Highlands went, God will still be with us and we are still loved. God has our back. And God loves us like, just like the parent in the parable. This process helps us become more and more in the likeness of Christ. No longer we are searching for missing pieces. No longer we are trying to do things to, to make people like us. But change and grow into the likeness of Christ. We are not affected when things don't go our way when things fail or when we make mistakes because we're anchored in the love of God, knowing we're worthy and that worthiness isn't dependent on what we do or what we didn't do, then we are able to live wholeheartedly. This is how we unpack and understand what it is when we say faith and not works. Because too often, we serve and we do what we do because sometimes we think that we need to earn that salvation, earn that love. But because salvation is based on God's grace, all we need to do is to have faith and know that we are God's beloved and God loves us. And that becomes the starting point where we start to do the work that we need to do. That doesn't mean that we just have faith and don't do anything. This is why we have to, when in the past when we started out as a fledgling church and short of resources, anytime we know someone has a gift or talent, we'll jump on them and ask them to volunteer and serve in church. Once we know someone plays a keyboard, we'll go like, we need a keyboardist for our worship team. But that was not very helpful. Because we saw people as a way, you know, not for who they are, 
but for what they can do. And that's getting the principles wrong. And because they stepped up to serve, thinking that it's that way that they will be part of community, that because they are valued, then they, they are welcome here. When they were criticised or, or some comments were made about what, how they did things, a lot of conflicts arose. We have moved away from that because we have learned through the process that no, we prioritise people. We prioritise hoping that you know you are loved, not because of what you can give to us, but just because you are you. We try to see you as how God sees you, beloved and worthy just because you are. Not because of what you can do, not because of your gifts and talents. And then, from that space of worthiness, from the point where your cup is full, you can come forward to serve. It's no longer about filling up that void, but coming up to serve wholeheartedly, knowing that you're beloved. So when you fail, when, they, when people make mistakes, they know we won't abandon them, we won't stop loving them just because they did something wrong or made a mistake, because that's not where we started from. It is not an exchange or a transaction. There are many times, you know, because we are really new at this, right? You know, with, with the broadcast and everything, the production team makes mistakes. And sometimes it's not mistakes, sometimes it's just the, 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 the hardware giving us problems. And people get very afraid or affected. And I always assure them God isn't pissed at us, God loves us. God looks at our heart, not at our mistakes, not at all these small things that are rather inconsequential. And in the past, there are people who are afraid of stepping up because they feel that they need to be perfect before they do anything. But that's not what we are looking for here. Is that person you? If it is, I hope that we, become, we can help you become a wholehearted person. So you are no longer afraid of being not enough. You're not afraid of making mistakes. You're not afraid of not being perfect. And then you can come forward to serve joyfully, wholeheartedly. Worthy now, not if, not when. You're worthy of love and belonging right now. There are many newcomers who come and tell me, oh, you know, is there any way I can serve? And nowadays, over the past couple of years at least, we have told them, First, find your place here. First, feel that this is your home. First, know that you are beloved. Then, you actually know where and when and how you can be part of this community and serve. We want to help people be wholehearted first, healed, restored on that journey, and then come forward to be serving in community. This sermon series will dive deeper into how to become wholehearted and address some of the things we have been taught and some of these things might be rather unhelpful to our journey of becoming wholehearted people. I hope that we continue to grow and find wholeness in Christ. Come, 
know that God loves you. And then, slowly, lift yourself up on one end and flop over. Plop. Then lift, pull, flop. Lift, pull, flop. And move forward. And soon your edges will wear off. And lift, pull, flop. Lift, pull, flop. Lift, pull, flop. And your shape will begin to change. And you become more and more in the likeness of Christ. And then you'll be bumping instead of flopping. And then you'll be bouncing instead of bumping. And then you'll be rolling instead of bouncing. And then before you know it, you're rolling like the big O. Like rolling like Christ. Becoming more and more in the likeness of Christ. Amen. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space, because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. God of mercy and justice, justice be, be with, with us. us. We lift our hearts to you, not because we have to, not because we are supposed to, but because it's how we respond to your unconditional love, because it feels good to know we are loved. As long as there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your mercy. Of, of how you gave food to the poor, clothes to the naked, and shelter to the lost. As long as there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared your stories of your justice. Of how you gave freedom to, to the, the enslaved, opportunity to the, to the outcast, and peace to the, the war-torn. You acted with both mercy and justice. Rescuing the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, providing them with manna when they were hungry. And your people acted with both mercy and justice. Like the prophets who cried out to care for a widow, orphan, and foreigner, and those who provided food, shelter, and community. You have shared your mercy and justice with us, not only as gift to be received from you, but as gift that we are to share with the world. We see this gift most clearly in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus showed us what a life of mercy and justice looked like. In mercy, he gave food to the hungry. With justice, he broke social custom 
and shared tables with the powerful and the lowly at once. In mercy, he cared for the sick. With justice, he broke religious custom and healed on the Sabbath. In mercy, he had compassion for the poor. With justice, he spoke out against the empire that held them in poverty. In mercy, he washed his disciples' feet. With justice, he died without protest to expose a corrupt system. On the night, he was handed over to the unjust system that killed him. He protested by sharing a meal with his friends. There, he took bread, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, and called them to remember the injustice of his broken, of his broken body every time they ate bread. After they ate, he took the cup, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, then called them to remember the injustice of his spilled blood every time they drank wine. But that wasn't all. God's mercy and justice burst forth when Jesus died, and his resurrection gave hope to all those who hunger for mercy and thirst for justice. God will always equip those who seek to share mercy and justice. Even death cannot stop God's incredible grace. So we ask God's Holy Spirit to be poured out of this meal. On this gift of mercy, bread and juice, that we may remember Jesus' ministry of mercy and justice, that this gift of mercy may become for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we may show mercy and do justice, not just for ourselves, but for the transformation of the world. I invite the shepherd to come. For those at home, um, you can also prepare your elements so that we can share it together.
uh, have anyone, everyone receive the elements? Let us partake the elements with gratefulness. Uh, I invite everyone to stand in body or in spirit. God, through this meal, we pray that your grace would empower us to do justice, to offer mercy, and to do so with humility. You have given us your Son as an example, and your Holy Spirit as advocate. Give us the courage to do your work in the world. Amen. Please be seated. So welcome again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first, realize everyone's equal. So FCC is an affirming and inclusive church. So this means that you are welcome here, um, regardless of your theological background, your gender identity, your sexual orientation, your economic status, or any other label that the world puts on you. So to our members, uh, to those who worship with us regularly, and to those visiting us for the first time, welcome home. So my name is Wendy, and I am the service leader for today. So if you're new to our church, or this is the first time that you're joining us, um, you may leave your details with us uh, at fcc.ly slash welcome, or you can scan the QR code, uh, and this will give us a chance for the staff and the pastors to connect with you. We also have a newcomers meeting every month uh, immediately after the service. So this is a chance for you to meet our pastors and uh, some of our leaders um, and learn more about who we are and what we, stand, what we believe in as a church. So our next meeting will be on the 25th of June um, after service in the room behind uh, the hallway and you can also join us via Zoom. So let's continue to worship God uh, with our giving. So offering is a time when we express our gratitude and reliance on God. There are two ways that you can give. Uh, so by using PayNow, uh, scanning the QR code on the screen or on the backs of the chair in front of you. So the, the first QR code, the one on the left, is for the general fund that goes towards our staff salaries and our operational expenses. The second QR code is for the building fund, and that goes towards paying the mortgage on this property. You can also give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. There is a 1.5% platform fee for credit card giving, but we are grateful for giving in any form. 
So let us now pray for the offering. God, we thank you for meeting our daily needs. Please look with favor on our gifts, great or small, and use them to carry out your work in Singapore and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. So now I invite the stewards to uh, collect the offering. So if you have cash or check um, to drop in the bag, you can raise your hand and the stewards will come to you. And so while they are going around, um, we have some announcements. Um, so our first announcement uh, is that as part of the Pink Fest this month, FCC is hosting a series of online conversations called Heart Truths, exploring the question, what does it mean for LGBTQ plus Christians to lead an abundant life? So in the next talk, uh, we've invited some trans Christians and their friends to uh, come and speak with us. So covering events that have occurred both before and after their transition, the panelists will talk about their relationships with God, uh, the church, and, um, and other Christians. So please join us this Friday, 16th of June at 8 p.m. Uh, it's on YouTube, um, or you can go to fcc.ly slash ht2 to listen to them uh, share their, their journey on faith and gender identity. Okay, uh, we are still looking for volunteers for the production ministry to help us make the service available online. So this means we need volunteers to not just um, do visual presenters, that's the, doing the slides, but also to operate the cameras, um, to, to play the videos, and to push the right buttons to broadcast the service in real time. So this last task is actually harder than it sounds. So, but no prior experience is needed. Uh, we will provide all of the training. All right, and then uh, today's lunch khakis are Gordon in the back and Chua. They're waving so you can turn around and see what they look like. Um, so it's an opportunity to, uh, to, to have lunch together um, and to get to know some FCC regulars as well as other newcomers. So now I invite Pastor Pauline to give um, the final announcements and the benediction. So as many of you know, this year is a very special year for our church. It's our 20th anniversary. I mean, 20 years uh, since God has led us uh, into this journey together. And we've come so far. And we would love to commemorate this journey uh, with an effort, with a project that represents all of us. So, we have this thing called the commemorative book. And you know, we have been collecting stories from various ones of you, your testimonies. Uh, what we want to invite you to do, especially if you're part of a cell group, you're part of a ministry, or part of a friend group, all right, uh, that like, hangs out at church, you, know, you decide, okay, no, we want to be a part of this book, right? Um, please come next week uh, at 18th of June, that's Sunday, after church, um, after lunch. Have lunch, come back here at 1.30 to 3.30. Um, come and bring images that represent your group identity. Okay, so why are we doing this? Some of you last year, you might have remembered 
we started off with the stained glass project and then we um, continued it with Let Your Life Speak, which are ways and invitations for you to share your individual story and your journey with God. And we had this whole like montage right, of stained glass here. And you can see those in our website still. They're still digitalized there. But what we wanted to do is that we wanted to commemorate our stories as a community as well. So not just your individual stories, but your stories as a group. You know, so whether it's your cell group, uh, what represents who you are, whether it's your friend group, uh, whether it's your ministry group, come together and let's work on this project together. So let me show you an example okay, of what you can do. Lah. Okay, it doesn't have to be so professional like this. Uh, this one, miak, I, wow, you know, pull it together. Right? Quite very pretty, right? So it's just an idea of what you can use. You can use images, use uh, words, you know, to express your stories together, tell people who you are and where we are in 2023 as a church. And I think that would be a lovely way for us to, together, um, have very varied, very interesting stories of not just individuals, but the groups and the many people that make up the community of FCC. And so you can imagine if different groups come up with different things, there'll be a very diverse feel, right, to this book. And that's what we want. We don't want this book to just be done by a small group of people. I think a team has been so dedicated, they've worked very hard to pull it together and they really want your input. They want your groups to be represented in a way that you feel represents you. Okay, so just for your ideas, you just come on 18th of March, uh, you'll be given ideas and materials, uh, there'll be someone guiding you through it, alright, and if your group, you know, cannot make it on 18th of March, it's okay, you can always do it during your cell group time, okay, so some of you I know meet on different days of the week, uh, you can do that, okay, uh, no problem, 18th of March is just a, a, a of June is just a way, <sighs> my brain is foggy, right, <laughs> um, it's just a way for you to come together as a group to think about ideas and what you can do together, okay? Yeah. So now, shall we go to the benediction? Will you rise in body and spirit for the benediction? <clears throat> Dear God, you love us with such an extravagant love. You love us with such a relentless love love that runs after us even in times when we turn away because we think we are not worthy we think we're not enough we're ashamed and somehow we think we're not okay with you but God you declare over and over again over each one of us that I love you you are okay with me and I'm okay with you I love you and you are worthy. This is not about humility or gratitude. It is about knowing that you are loved. That you are loved unconditionally. That you are accepted just as you are. So now go. Go not as a missing piece. Go as pieces of all shapes and sizes with sharp edges or not, go as pieces willing to do the work of flip-flop, of allowing your edges to be rounded out and allowing the power of God to go with you as you embark on this journey together as community. 
towards growth and wholeness in Christ. And may our God of love and restoration go with you always. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for service today. May our God of wholeness go with you and be blessed.